no kicker, no punter, no punt returner, no long snapper. Penn State special teams would be an absolute mess if it wasn't for the kick return unit. You are Locked On Nittany Lions, your daily podcast on the Penn State Nittany Lions. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Thanks for making Locked On Nittany Lions your first listen every single day. We are free and available wherever you get your podcast. My name is Zach Seiko, your host as always, and special teams, it would be doomed. Uh, there's a lot of new players, up-and-coming players, that we're going to talk about in this episode. Fortunately, Penn State has the kick return unit to, to fall back on, if you can believe that. For the past uh, few seasons, it hasn't been that great. Even last year, it wasn't that good till the end of the season. But we'll we'll start with that, why the kick return, it, it's, kick return unit is the saving grace for this team. And then we'll talk about a former Penn State player, Saquon Barkley. We're going to round out the episode uh, on his free agency situation, stuck with the Giants. But kick return, and, and speaking of Penn State running backs, that's precisely why this team is set up the way it is, because you return both of the starters. Best position group on special teams by far, because you have Nicholas Singleton and Katron Allen returning kicks. Now Singleton's back deep. Allen is the up man, but either of them can return depending on how they're aligned, right? And James prefers to have running backs return kickoffs. That's just the way it's been. Saquon Barkley returned kicks. Miles Sanders returned kicks. That's just the way it is. Tank Smith will be a backup. Kevon Lee, when he was on the roster, was a guy returning kicks as well. Now, Singleton and Allen, no surprise because they were true freshmen, had growing pains last season. They kick return was one of the weaker positions last year. Uh, I always gave it, you know, poor grades at the week to week to week because they just they weren't doing their job because they were true freshmen. They were they were getting used to it. Then they started to figure it out a little bit. Singleton finally had that kick return touchdown against Rutgers. So this season, I'm expecting there to be some electricity, especially with the way that Singleton and Allen are just getting bigger, faster, stronger, better in their second year of college football. Now, that's the only part of the special teams unit that is a certainty, that is a guarantee, that's something that you should be excited about. For the other parts of it, uh, not so much. Punt return. While we, while we were on kick return, natural transition is to punt return. Both punters are gone. Both your punt returners are gone. Parker Washington, Mitchell Tinsley. They are no longer on the team because they're entering the NFL draft. So who does that leave you with? Uh, everyone assumes it's Caden Saunders. You look up a Penn State depth chart right now. It, the assumed starter is Caden uh, Saunders. And why do we why do we think that? No evidence that he's contending or that he's in line to take the position. He just happened to take some reps there. And it makes sense because like running back for kick return, wide receivers are supposed to be the punt returner for Penn State. That's just the way the setup is. Kick returners are your running backs and punt return is typically your wide receiver. But I really can't say that there's this strong amount of evidence that it's Caden Saunders and spring ball will be able to tell us that any news that we get from spring practices, the ultimate end of it with the blue and white game, we'll see who's going to be returning some of those uncontested punts uh, and Caden Saunders, just because he got some reps naturally means that he's going to be at least considered, but I, I can't say that he's an automatic favorite or that the coaches are really hoping that he's the starter. Uh, he's probably going to have to earn it. 
So let's work on a little bit of process of elimination here. Uh, it won't be Dante Cephas transferring in, uh, and a lot of these suggestions are going to be wide receivers because he didn't return punts at Kent State. So he's out. Uh, no evidence that Liam Clifford ever returned punts in high school, so he's out. It, it could be Trey Wallace just because he's fast, he's quick, um, he's a wide receiver. Could be Daquan Hardy. Daquan Hardy's been someone that's been uh, around special teams returning kicks as well. So I wonder if they give him a chance there. But this is a completely wide open competition for Penn state and Caden Saunders may be the favorite. He may not be, it might be somebody else who knows, maybe storm duck could even get involved. Um, but I, I think that we are going to see uh, some, some names that we weren't anticipating out there when as spring ball continues to push through. We're so close to spring practice. So close. Uh, let's move to kicker and, and kicker. Jake Pinnegar, no longer here. He's gone, solidified himself as the place kicker and the kickoff specialist. Uh, we'll have an answer for that as well, including punter. But how about the kick, the kicker position? Sanders Sahadek seems the guy who's going to take the reins. Uh, had various appearances throughout the season, recording multiple kickoffs in different games, take Purdue, Ohio, Auburn, Indiana, Rutgers, just to name a few. Uh, and he attempted, and he was good. He, he was pretty solid, uh, averaging over 60 yards per kick, did have a few touchbacks. He did make a field goal against Rutgers. That was his only made field goal of the season. He did attempt that long one against Central Michigan, 50 plus yards. We're just not even going to talk about that. But Sanders Sahadek going to need some competition. That's why Penn State went in the transfer portal and they got Alex Falcons. Alex Falcons comes in Columbia College transfer. OK, so he went to an Ivy League school in 2022. Just last season, selected first team all Ivy League and then picked up uh, as the second team all Ivy League uh, by the Phil Steele. If you remember his magazine, one of the best previewing the entire college football season. Uh, then it also in 2022, he appeared in 10 games. Uh, he was the place kicker, did kickoffs as well, but he was 11 for 16 on field goals and did hit a 53 yarder that season. I will say this. If you look back at his stats, they Ivy league canceled games. So Columbia did not play in 2020 because of COVID. Uh, but if you look at 2019, 2021, 2022, there is something consistent he hits under 70% of his field goals in, in three seasons. It's it's either 65 to 68%. It's not exactly overly reliable, but he was brought in for a reason. He had his best season most recently, just this past year. So uh, it's someone who could be brought in for not only place kicking, but kickoffs as well. And he has hit a 50 plus yarder and he holds a bunch of records at Columbia as well. Let's take a quick pause here as we'll get into kickoffs and punter and long snapper as well. But first, a word from our sponsor of today's episode, and that is FanDuel. The midway point of the NBA season is here, and now is the perfect time to download FanDuel, America's number one sports book, because new customers get a no sweat first bet up to $1,000. That is bonus bets back if your first bet does not win. Just download the FanDuel Sportsbook app. It's safe, secure, super easy to use. Then you can bet on all of your favorite NBA bets, spread, money line, total, player props like points, rebounds, assists, and you can even bet on the exclusive bets like the two-by-three, two three-pointers three scored in the first three minutes. Plus, FanDuel even lets you combine your bets for a chance at a bigger payout with a same-game parlay. So don't miss your chance to get your no-sweat first bet up to $1,000 in bonus bets. When you go to FanDuel.com slash locked on, that is FanDuel.com slash locked on. Make every moment more with FanDuel 
an official sports betting partner of the NBA. And thanks again for making Locked On Nittany Lines your first listen and watch every single day. Check out Locked On College Basketball March Madness is finally here everything you need to know about college basketball in one place plus you get to hear from big name experts insiders players and coaches that is locked on college basketball available on youtube and wherever you get your podcast so close to 900 subscribers on youtube locked on nittany lions family i want to say thank you so much for the support really means a lot that uh, you've helped out this channel plus wherever you get your podcast thank you for helping growing this show and, and Here's to much better content to come throughout the off season, of course, and then for the 2023 regular season. And we're continuing that preview, right? With the uh, special teams here, kickoffs. It could be anybody, really. Uh, Alex Falcons, the, the transfer. Gabe Wosu, who's someone we're going to talk about here when it comes to punter. And then Sandra Sahadak. Wosu and Sahadak, when it wasn't Jake Pinnaker, because Jake Pinnaker became the guy. At first, it was a split between Sahadak and Wosu. And it could be either of them. Spring will sort it out. Uh, it's just a matter of who's going to be more consistent, who's going to get more touchbacks. Uh, I would lean Sahadek, but Wosu has the stronger leg. And like I said, it's a matter of consistency. Um, and it could be any of those three. It's a wide open competition, but there is saying something that it wasn't Pinnegar to start. And then in the middle of the season, Pinnegar had to come in and become the kickoff guy. Now punter, which has been very good to Penn State over the past few seasons. I would say, I'd say, honestly, Penn State's become punter you in some sort of sense between Blake Gilligan, then getting Jordan Stout, Jordan Stout to transfer in, and he was all worldly. And then Barney Amore was quietly really good for Penn State throughout the season, and he's going to get some NFL looks. So who's going to continue that trend? Is it going to be Alex Paquetta, who I would like it to be, just finished up his redshirt season, came in in two games, uh, punted a total of four times, 40 yards per punt. He did have three of them land inside the 20. So that is key. Uh, ball placement uh, and how far you're able to, to keep it there without getting the, the touchback. He fumbled the snap against Rutgers, if you remember that. But let's forget about that one because uh, Rutgers committed a penalty, so it didn't matter. Penn State got a first down out of it. Uh, but that could have been dangerous early in the game to give some momentum to the Scarlet Knights. But in high school, he was nationally recognized. Alex Paquetta uh, was recognized by Max Preps as essentially an All-America selection. Number two overall punter when he was a recruit, according to 24-7 Sports and on three. He's trained with Blake Gilligan. Like, he is the real deal. Is he going to be the guy uh, unless Riley Thompson is the guy? Why was he brought in? Because I thought that Alex Paquetta was going to take the reins. I thought this was it. Uh, but Riley Thompson comes in from Florida Atlantic. Uh, Baquetta might not be ready. Maybe, maybe not. Uh, there is also a case I've, I've asked around. Maybe Riley Thompson comes in to be the holder, right? If Baquetta can't do it, uh, then maybe Thompson comes in to be a holder. But he's from Australia, so, you know, he can kick. It seems like those Australian punters are really good at that. They can punt. Academically, he is a senior, but... This past season, he was just named as a freshman because he's only played one season of college football. He was named to the Athletics a Freshman All-America team, voted honorable mention All-Conference USA, and was selected third-team All-Conference USA by Pro Football Focus. I think he's a legitimate candidate to challenge Paquetta in terms of eligibility, in terms of how much college football experience. They're both on the same timeline. Um, I mean, Thompson, again, is... 
academically way ahead of Baquetta and in terms of age, but in terms of college football experience, these guys are on the same line. So I, I hope that Baquetta is ready. And then I hope that the hunch is that Thompson was brought in as a backup. If Wosu is not capable of being that extra punter. So then there is Gabe Wosu, a big leg, right? <laughs> That's the first thing you think of when you talk about Gabe Wosu. Six foot six, 278 pounds. He's a defensive end <laughs> in reality. He really is. But no, uh, Wosu as a punter, absolute unit. He's just inconsistent. He's just really not all that consistent. Appeared in eight games. Like I mentioned with Saheda kind of rotated in those kickoffs um, average 63 yards on 18 of those kickoffs with seven touchbacks. And then he had two punts with a long of 36 yards and he's a punter. So it's safe to say that Baquetta and Thompson are the guys that are going to be leading the competition, but that's what the off seasons for maybe Wosu made some strides that he didn't necessarily make in the past season of 2022, but 2023 is a brand new year. Let's move to long snapper. And this is kind of the final part of the special teams preview. Again, it, it really is a mess because you have so many question marks and special teams in 2021 bailed out Penn state quite a bit. Good kickoff, good, uh, good place kicking, good punting, really good punting with Jordan stout. And then the same thing with this past season. So you are going to have a revolving door at all these positions, except kickoff or except kick return. Now, losing Chris Stoll is a big deal, and I saved Long sna Snapper for last because this is an important position. Quietly, Stoll played a, an MVP type of, I, I won't say long, you know, anybody can can long snap to an extent, right? Uh, I actually long snapped in high school. No, I didn't play any Division One sports. <laughs> but Chris Stoll, his job is very important. He was named the winner of the Patrick Manley Award. Let's start there. That goes to the nation's top long snapper and the way this awards decided is actually very interesting because you have to submit all this tape and this committee goes through every single player's long snap and every single chance kick off on on field goal on punt what are these guys doing and chris Stoll never made a mistake that is why he won because he was absolutely perfect he did not make mistakes snaps were crisp they were clean. They were reliable. They were always perfectly on time. And that's why he won that award. So how do you duplicate that? You don't. Here's who's in the competition. Uh, for what we know, well, Michael Wright transferred out. He was one of the veterans on this roster. He transferred, uh, entered the portal, and now the assumed starter is redshirt sophomore Tyler Dzanski. He did appear in seven games uh, when they were blowout opportunities. Dzanski was able to uh, get in the game it is safe to say that he jumped right on the depth chart, and that's why Wright transferred out. But now as a redshirt sophomore, he's a big guy, six foot four, two hundred fifteen pounds, and you're part of that that coverage on punt uh, and field goal. You got to block. You got to block. So nice big frame, uh, Chris Stoll, one of those six captains. His presence is going to be very difficult to replace on, on top of his performance. So. That's going to do it for special teams. And like I said, there, there are a lot of, lot of places to fill some gaps in for this unit. And I hope that guys like Baquetta, like Sahedak, who are young, 
they can step up and be those assumed starters and key and play key roles for Penn State uh, this upcoming season. And special teams, that's the third side of the football. It's very important because Penn State might get into some field goal games and, and games where field position matters. Are those guys going to step up? Let's move to the NFL. And typically, uh, we don't talk about the NFL all that much, but with the combine coming up, the NFL draft, Penn State players, future NFL prospects here, turning in their numbers at the combine. That's going to be coming up on the show here very soon. But someone who's been in the NFL for quite some time now, former second overall pick, Saquon Barkley, one of the best running backs in Penn State history. He's stuck with the NFL Giants. Can't leave, can't move. Why? Because they franchise tagged him. Franchise tagged by the team, but it was not exclusive, which means he can negotiate with other teams and the Giants have the right to match any of those contract offers. So for now, it is a one year, $10.1 million deal, and that is a steal for Saquon Barkley. So uh, this this non-exclusive franchise tag is an interesting one, uh, and he can't really do anything other than negotiate. Uh, he can hold out. He can demand a trade. Uh, typically franchise tags are placed to hold players while they work out an extension. And that was the immediate article that popped up, you know, Saquon Barkley gets, uh, gets franchise tagged. And then the next thing that you see is that the giants are actively at the negotiating table to work out a deal with Saquon Barkley. So that's what they're doing right now. The NFL is a QB driven league. Not that it needs to be said again, but let's just put this into perspective for the New York football giants. They signed Daniel Jones, who had the best season of his career, and that has to do with coaching. Brian Dable coming in really helped out that group. But of all players, a four-year, $160 million deal, that's $40 million per year on average. He's going to make different amounts. I think he's set to make $35 million one year and then $45 in the next. That is off. The wall to me because who was the best player on offense for the Giants this past season? Who was the focal point? Who did opponents game plan for? When he was hurt, when he had to miss time, who did the Giants miss the most? That offense became one-dimensional when Saquon Barkley was not on the field. Saquon Barkley is the MVP. He's the best player on that team. He should have been your priority. You should have worked out something with him, especially when this NFL draft is full of quarterbacks. I feel like the Giants could have picked somebody, could have made a trade somewhere, somehow, to go get a, a decent rookie quarterback. I, I, I guess Daniel Jones has made enough progress for them to say, hey, you're the long-term option here, and Saquon Barkley is replaceable, which I find hard to believe here. Running, I, I know there are a lot of running backs, and this is a quarterback-driven NFL, but for the New York Giants, they are a much different team when Saquon Barkley is and is not on the field. It is night and day. They are not treating him like he is the best player on that team, period. Offense, defense, it is Saquon Barkley. And he's from Penn State, just a reminder. Uh, Barkley, now in early November, declined to accept that three. He They had a three-year offer on the table, and it was about $12.5 million per year. And uh, the rumor is that the Giants actually increased their offer but it wasn't enough because clearly Saquon's not signed. And I don't blame him when you have Christian McCaffrey's contract out there, which was signed with the Carolina Panthers. He was traded to the San Francisco 49ers, but he got a four-year, $64 million deal, $21.5 million signing bonus, $38 million of it is guaranteed. 
That's an average salary of $16 million per year. That is what Saquon Barkley's looking for, if not more, and he deserves it because he's used in the same sort of fashion. Not only he's a running back, but he plays wide receiver for them too. He he does everything for them. He had 1,300 yards this past season, rushing on the ground, 10 rushing touchdowns, 57 receptions for 338 yards. That's basically wide receiver two numbers. And before that, even before Daniel Jones got a little more confident in targeting his wide receivers and his tight ends, Saquon Barkley had a majority of the receiving yards in seasons past. Most key of it all in his stats this past season, no fumbles lost. Saquon does not turn the football over in his since 2018. He's only lost one fumble. He's put it on the ground four times, but he's only lost one of those. So the fact that Saquon Barkley is being disrespected here by the Giants that they say, well, you know, we really want a value deal for you. 11, 12 million dollars. I he holds all the cards at the negotiation table. Now, where could he land if some teams are interested because this is a non-exclusive franchise tag? Well, the rumored landing spots include the Cowboys uh, of all teams with Ezekiel Elliott and Tony Pollard. I guess that's assuming that they do something with Zeke because Cowboys did franchise tag Tony Pollard. So that would be interesting if they move on from the former Ohio State running back. The Chicago Bears uh, could play with Jaquan Brisker, who uh, (laughs) did call out Daniel Jones on his Twitter. I thought that was interesting, but it it wasn't so much to make fun of Daniel Jones. I think it was to come to the defense of Saquon Barkley. Maybe it was. I haven't had the chance to ask him. But the Bears uh, could be a landing spot with uh, tons of cap space tons of cap space i don't know that saquon barkley would want to go to a a team like the chicago bears in rebuild mode and they also have david montgomery so he would have to split reps the kansas city chiefs that's a contender but they have emerging running back who will be in a second season isaiah pacheco and then this is one that was a rumor during the trade during the trade deadline of this past season in 2022 The Bills, the Buffalo Bills, I actually really like that for Josh Allen, and I liked it for Saquon Barkley. When they literally have no one, they have nobody there. So he could have stayed in New York and just moved uh, over and went to Buffalo. I actually like that a lot. They're set to lose some free agents, so we'll see how how active they are because their attention is going to be in other places. But that offense would be unstoppable if Saquon joined Buffalo, but we'll see how it all unfolds. Uh, I hope that he lands with uh, a good team and someone else to keep an eye on Miles Sanders. I, I know this conversations about Saquon Barkley, but I don't know that Miles Sanders is going to be back with the Philadelphia Eagles. Let's bookmark this conversation and pick it up when uh, NFL free agency really does kick off. That's going to do it for this edition of Locked on Nittany Lions. Again, before I let you go, make sure you check out Locked on College Basketball, everything you need to know about college basketball in one place. Plus, you get to hear from big-name experts, insiders, players, and coaches. That is Locked on College Basketball, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Subscribe to Locked on Nittany Lions on YouTube if you haven't already. Leave me a comment, uh, any questions, anything you want answered on upcoming episodes. Like I said, some Nittany Lions had their combine performances, pro days coming up. We're going to get to scouting those players in the NFL draft and where they will land. And Penn State men's basketball plays Illinois. Let's see how they fare. We're going to have another live show where we recap the game and hopefully Penn State moves on to play Northwestern. For all your Penn State sports content, keep it right here on Locked On Nittany Lions.